everyone, Mr. Devil here, Kenny Danico, three-time Stanley Cup champion of the New Jersey Devils. And you're listening to the Uncle Puckers New Jersey Devils podcast with Chris, Dan, Bobby, and Tony, the Uncle Puckers. Let's go, Devils! I was never cool in school. I'm sure you don't remember me. And now it's been ten years. I'm still wondering who to be. And I'd love to mix in circles, clicks, and social coteries. That's me. Hand me my nose ring. Make me be happy. Show me the mosh pit. we be happy. We can be happy underground. You guys know who sings this? I do not. It sounds like Ben Folds. It's Ben Folds. It's Ben, ben Folds. Folds. Good call, right. Dan. Yeah. Good He's call. He's I haven't heard him in a while. This yeah. off his debut album when it was actually Ben Folds 5. The 5. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Just yeah. going to do a dad joke there. You stepped all over it. Mm. It's all right. You saved me. I'd rather not say it. We're good. No, no. You have to say it now. I forget now. Mm. <laughs> what was the dad joke? I was going to say I saw Ben Folds five times. Oh. See, go. I told you to let it go, man. Oh, yeah, you should right. What's the last concert you went to, Bob? It's dirty now. My last concert was um, Ziggy Marley and the Whalers. That's a good show. Yeah, yeah, it was a great show. It was special for the kid. It's a huge Bob Marley fan. We also saw the actual Whalers by themselves a couple years ago. Met them you're, backstage. You're, you like country, right? I mean, I listened to some of it. I really haven't listened to it in probably a decade, but I just oh, don't okay. hate it. You know, I had a few albums from, from back in college, but definitely not my number one. Your kids are in the country, right, Dan? Um, not really. Um, not that the oldest was. She had a little period there where she liked some countryish stuff. I'm trying to think who she would listen to that's country these days. I don't know. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I like some older stuff, like Lucinda Williams. And, uh, you For know. me, if you take the Garth Brooks Greatest Hit Time, which is oh, right yeah. around the 94, so any any artist that was right around those few years, those are probably the only ones I know. I, I would okay. say I'm probably much more of a fan of a couple of country songs, more so mm-hmm. than like country, you know, being a fan of country. Like, I, I love Willie Nelson's version of The Scientist, the Coldplay song sure. that he does. Yeah, it's fucking cool. great. Um, and I How about Johnny Cash covering anything? Johnny Cash covering anything I like. I like yeah. Willie Nelson. I like Johnny Cash. I did hear just recently, I'm sure you guys have probably heard it a lot sooner, but the Luke Combs version of Fast Car, which is I have just, not heard that. You haven't heard that yet? Mm-hmm. No, me neither. Fucking nails it, man. What That's a great. strong, strong yeah. cover song. And uh, Fast Car is one of my, like... I have like maybe a, a couple of songs that just like I I turn into like a weepy woman. I like that song. Uh, actually, I shouldn't I, say weepy woman. A weepy child. Um, I always like the guitar work in that. I even tried to learn some of it. I'm a, a hack of a guitar player. Not very good. You're very good at guitar. I, for somebody who's no, self-taught, no, I'm just going to say right now. For am, somebody who's self-taught, you're really fucking good. That's at guitar. one of the. That's one of the songs I want to learn because that has such a memorable and, guitar riff. You know, it's, it's, and, it's kind and, of fun and, to play. 
Yeah, and that song is just such a great song. And yeah. uh, Tracy Chapman's version is brilliant. And then I heard the Luke Combs version, and I mean, he nails it. And the thing yeah, I like it. best about it, for being like you know a big country guy, doesn't change the point of view. It's sung from the girl's point of view, the woman's point right. of view, everything. And he does a great fucking job. And I just read that uh, because he he said he had been playing that song live for like a decade. Every show he plays it, and he's like, it's the one song that when I play, like everyone knows the words too. Everybody sings along, and so when he put it on the album, I guess uh, now like Tracy Chapman is the first time ever a song written by a black woman has made it to number one in the country charts. Is that and right? She's made, that's crazy. She, I would have thought there's so much crossover with R&B that somewhere along the line there would have been one, but I guess uh, not. I guess not. And wow. uh, so, and even Tracy Chapman, who owns, smart enough to own all the rights to that song, has made like half a billion, like five, like I think like five, five, five million or no, yeah, like $500,000, half okay. a million dollars just off of royalties of the last few months of this song being out. So that's pretty cool. But you guys get a chance to check it out. He really kills it. It's a damn good cover. Yeah, I like to sometimes the, um, I guess it's more of a bluegrass thing that uh, Trampled by Turtles. Did you ever hear them? That's kind of fun. Funny name. I never listened to them. I found them because they were doing a cover of Where Is My Mind that was pretty cool from the Pixie song. Sure. And uh, they've covered a couple other songs. And then, you know, you listen to them on their own. They are more bluegrass than country, but they're pretty good and they're fun. I like See, that's the rest. thing. That's the thing with country. Like, you got the fun yeah. songs, the rock songs are good. As far as why I'm not listening to as much anymore, country's a lot better when you're getting your heart broken and shit over and over again. That's when you listen yeah. to that crap. It's nice you and depressing. Truck, I guess you when you're your when job. you're a stable marriage for 15 years, you don't really just, need the tearjerkers anymore, right? Down. No, <laughs> I guess not. Um, like I said, there are still a couple of songs that whenever I hear, I just, like I say, become a weepy little child. Fast Car is definitely one of them. So, um... We are the Uncle Puckers tonight. We have uh, it's me, it's Dan, it's I'm Chris, Dan, Bobby, Tony is uh, still on vacation for another day or so. He will be joining us on Thursday, where we uh, will definitely do our draft episode, uh, which yep. we've been Tony's talking going about where, for like the last two all weeks. the Devil fans go to, to have his vacation. He's in Poland right now. Yeah, That's right. because everyone goes to Warsaw for their summer vacation. It's great this yeah. time of year. Lovely. I, I want to go as close to a war. A war zone as possible without actually being in the war zone. I'm going to go to war. Zone. I got to look at a map. He may be has living war closer. In the name. Yeah, he, but he. <laughs> oh, that's true. War, I, I saw that. Yeah, you're right. But like, uh, I think he Lithuania is maybe even closer to all that crap in Ukraine than than Poland. I got to look at a map. I don't. know. I don't know. Does Lithuania border Ukraine? I, I didn't think so. You're going to make him pull a map up. I'm so curious now. Yeah, I'm not ahead. sure. I'll, it's I'll been a, up the Eastern European map and let's yeah, see. Uh, map. Did you work today, Bobby? You had work? Oh, yeah. Nonstop. Did it rain up by you? No. Holy no, shit, it's, man. It's a hell of a day because um, you know, we got some housework going on. Got the dog relegated to the basement with me, freaking out every time. Heard the noise. Got Sanders going. and could be a rough my day. Dogs, working my dogs lose their shit whenever there's thunder or fireworks. Yeah. I mean, it really, yeah. So today, we had some really bad storms roll through this afternoon. It was fucking nasty. Really? Um, a lot of flooding. Yeah, it was bad for about an hour, hour and a half, torrential downpours. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I had to go down, had to drive down like uh, south of our area a little bit to go pick my son up. And there was, it took me about a five minute drive, took me a half an hour to get there. All the roads were closed. I had to go all Brutal. these different back ways. And yeah, it was a pain in the ass. But we well, yeah, actually, yeah. yeah, to story for another time. We were coming back from a oh, restaurant. Please. 
somebody here was a part of many years ago. Right. And uh, it's you. And when we were leaving, um, we hit the absolute worst. So from that restaurant to my dad's was 45 minutes uh, detouring off 37. Like, I hadn't seen anything like that before. Yeah, the amount of flooding that came in about 15 minutes. Yeah, Awful. it's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. And I guess that's the norm now, right? This is what we should all get used to, that these storms are just going to be amplified yeah. up to 11 every single yeah. time they roll Open in like your city is near the water. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. yeah that's like I, half I just, our state. <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, if in 50 years, yeah, maybe we will have actual oceanfront property, Dan. Yeah, or we'll be underwater, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> right. I don't know. Uh, so, I just I would love if it's uh, you know like I don't have the mortgage paid off and it's under the water. I feel like I win, you know. Yeah. If if yeah. Uh, you know, I don't know. My butt, okay. my, my dad was looking at Shelter Cove back door in um, Sandy. So right. Yeah, he's <laughs> see it from the house. There. Dude, that was Sandy was fucking brutal, and I I was super lucky um, where I was living at the time because I was living in in Bayville and I was living uh, about three blocks or so from um, Central Regional, which they used for Central Regional High School, they used for uh, shelter, and they also mm-hmm. used the convalescent, the convalescent Center, which was right there, that they had to get power on. So we were only out of power for like four or five hours, which That's was crazy. great. The downfall of that was my mother, my father, my sister, her three kids, my other sister-in-law, my wife's sister, and her husband, and their two kids didn't have power or showers or anything else, so they were all at my house. And so yeah. I had a really... Now, I will Stop. have to say that the best Sandy story I heard was Dan, and I can... I, am I saying this correctly? Dan had a bunch of people do what they did at their house that I had. People, family right. showing up to stay. Right. So him and his wife and the kids packed up and left. <laughs> and they just went on a fucking little road trip for a few days and left everybody in their house. Am I right about oh, yeah. that? Yeah, oh, we, yeah. Le- we left for like, we're like, okay. Well, you know, I'll be honest. As it was happening, it was just mostly just windy by my house. We didn't have any problems at all, you know. And I'm like, I think people are exaggerating, you know. And then it's like, you know, okay, I'll go out the next day i gotta mail a package and, and i realized like n- nothing is open i mean i'm driving to mail you know to um post office after post office like three towns over and i'm starting to see like crazy damage that for the first time i didn't see with my i'm like oh this is this really sucks and i was talking to my uh my father's like yeah people fighting for gas and that's made the decision i'm out of here uh they're all coming because they lost power in fact, if you remember, we got like an ice storm like two days later. Yeah, I remember. And so that's when everybody in my life started losing power. So when they decided that they were going to come stay at our house, I'm like, I got the perfect solution. We're we're out of here. <laughs> I, I just figured things were going to be screwed up. The you know jobs are going to be closed down. Schools are going to close down for a week or two. And it I just didn't want to be here. You know. It was crazy. I remember the kids like going trick or treating. I think like at the mall or something because yeah, was, uh, was they couldn't go trick or treating. They, they said uh, power lines was a hazard, so they didn't want them I out had, there. I mean, I, I lost my restaurant in in that. Um, and yeah. it just I couldn't. First of all, the fact that I was probably one of the on the busy you could say Route Thirty Seven, the busy road there goes in the seaside i was probably one of the last businesses to have power so i was out for almost three weeks and then between the damage that happened to the place and everything oh god it was fucking brutal it was brutal i never want to go through that again yeah bad times i I hope we don't get another one of those they try to to tell us that's like a one in a hundred year thing i'm not so sure 
And it would be uh, great if it was. <laughs> we had the one in a hundred year storm. We had the global pandemic. You know, we all survived four years of Trump. I mean, you know, how much worse can it get? Don't ever ask that question because you're going to get your answer when you ask that question. I know, I know, I know. But we are going to talk a little bit of Devils today. I have nothing, so I am throwing it to you, boys. The show's yours. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, you know, in times where there's emptiness, I turn to social media for, you know, a little bit of something to talk about. There was this kind of quick poll that came out I thought it would be interesting to mention here. This is from a group on Facebook called Real New Jersey Devils Fan Group. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's Adam Graciani, if you're listening to Adam. Oh. Here's the question. The blue pill. The mm. Devils win the 2012 Stanley Cup, but they get Nolan Patrick and Capo Caco in the 2017 and 19 drafts, while the Flyers get Heischer and the Rangers get Jack Hughes. The red pill, everything stays the same. Now, I think I know where we're all going to go with this. So you're saying that we have those guys, but we win the cup this year? No. Oh. Well, we no, we won the cup in 2012. Oh, we won it in 12. And because okay, of sorry. that, we lose we don't T-shirt, have... we lose okay. Jack, we draft okay. two okay. Guds. And the, the red pill is... The red so pill is with... everything away. It's bad. We're 11, years, 11 years yeah. of rebuilding. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a lot easier to say now that the rebuild is over to, you know, of course, say the red pill. You know, right. we like what we have. But having that fourth cup in your pocket already is something. Um I Plus with all the personnel that was on that team that had, were linked to the previous cups too. Yeah. Well, who were the guys now that we would have? Let's let's go through that. Well, uh, Brodor uh, would have had his fourth, which would have no, matched. No. Wa. Who would we have gotten uh, if we took the blue pill? Who do we have on the team now? We don't know exactly. Oh no, Nolan we don't Pat- know that. We just know who we. Oh, oh no, we did. We do. Yeah, we got, you um, said Nolan Patrick and. All right, let's All right, so Nolan Patrick is a very good player who's going to be an extremely good. He's a top six dude. He's going to be a good player. Capo if he's Caco, healthy, right? Yeah, Capo Caco. We haven't seen anything yet from him. Now I don't know how much of that is how the Rangers are using him. Maybe that they just aren't giving him the proper ice time. Him and Lafreniere and stuff. They're relegated to a third liner, but I don't think he has all the goods. So I'm not super happy with him. Was there anybody else? That's just it. That? That's the hypothetical. Um, I, I'm Red Pill. I like where this team is. I like the team that Fitzgerald's built, and I think that Cups are in the future, and I did say Cups, yep, plural, with an S. I do think they will win more than one. I do think that this team is pretty much going to grab four and five I would bet money on that. So I'm going to go red pill. I'll roll the dice. I like the team we have. How about you, Dan? I like, uh, you know, the confidence you're showing. And if I, you know, agree with you with that, I totally understand how that's a logical call. Okay. And I do mostly agree with you with that. So I'm not really disagreeing except that I'll just say like this, like whenever you have a chance to win a cup, you take it. So you're giving me I'm in this so hypothetical. Sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt real quick. You said Nolan Patrick. Yeah, did. I'm so fucking sorry. I'm thinking no, uh, uh, Powers from fucking Buffalo, and yeah, he's a good player. No, Nolan Patrick sucks. Yeah, I don't want him or yeah, Kako. Kako. Definitely the fucking red pill now. Okay. Not with those two schlubs. I completely misheard that. I apologize. Yeah, yeah. Now that's the idea. Is like you get two awful players for your two right. best. Right. Right. But you know, like the way I look at it is, you never turn down the chance to win a cup now. This is a weird thought experiment because it's like win a cup then instead of now right? Uh, as a guarantee. So it's kind of hard to turn that down. Uh, you know, loving Berdor's career to see him, you know, 
have a few more records, very appealing. And here's the other out I might take with going the other way. It, it, you're telling me we got those two guys, right? I'm also telling you I trust Fitzgerald. And I think that if he was, you know, unable to get the two guys that we built this team around, he would have done something else. Maybe trade to both of those guys for somebody a little better, make different moves one way or the other. If if that's going around his premise, then I guess I totally understand why I would join you with that red pill thing. If I'm if I'm altering the premise a little bit by counting on Fitzgerald to fix that mess in the premise, but you trust him enough to have I fixed do. that mess. I yeah. do, and like, do you ever like? Let's you know. For, let me just alter this to make my point. If I told you we win the cup this year, but because of that win and what's going to happen and injuries, whatever you want to imagine, we'll never win another cup with those two guys. They're going to get traded. They're going to want too much money. Whatever the scenario is you can imagine, if I told you with a crystal ball, would you tell me, no, then I don't want to win this cup this year? Of course you wouldn't, right? So it, it, that logic, if it, that applies here, you also would want that one in 2012 and, and push forward because, you know what, we didn't win a cup last year. We're not trading years for cups. If we won a cup last year and said, would you trade that for 2012? I mean, n- no. You know, I, I get it. But... um so I, I think it's a kind of a tougher call than than uh, initially thought because you know, it's one of those things. It's a you know, thought experiment involving f- futures that didn't happen. It's tough. To right. Do. It's a good question. Though. It's a, good, it it's a better. It's, a, it's question. a better question than I thought too when I first looked at it because my first instinct was red pill. Right. Because yeah. the question plays on your emotion with some players that we've kind of bonded with. But mm-hmm. what it really is stating is that you. This is a guaranteed. It happened. Guaranteed Stanley Cup. Right. Whereas from here on. We can Nothing. say we think they're going one or two. Right. They can blow right through this window. So it's a great question in that regard. Then I started thinking, you know, 2012, yeah, we went through a substantial rebuild, right? But it didn't have to necessarily go that long. So what would have happened if we won, hypothetically? Number one, right. I mentioned before, like, Brodeur's fourth cup to match Wild would mean a ton. Eliash would get a third cup. I think that would just mean a ton, too, for Absolutely. the Does, does Parisi leave after exactly. that? Exactly. So what, what is it There's easier to leave? Effects. When you lost the cup by two games or if you just won it? Personally, I think Parisi maybe still leaves because I heard it was some other reasons, right? But Kovalchuk, too? And then... Even if they both did, or they didn't about now, other guys out there, we just won the cup. Yeah, right? Are we that desirable team again that we're kind of are now? So what exactly happens? Do we go into that slow, middling, perpetual, decent team mode for a couple years right. before we really shit the bed, or do we have another peak? In there? either way, is is possible. It's, 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 it's great it to say. All things considered, now because hindsight is so easy, and the future is yeah. so bright, I'll go with the red pill myself. But it's awfully hard to say to give up that fourth cup, man. It is. It is very hard to, to, to say, you know what? I mean, to me, the 2012 kind of like, that was like this weird little blip in the radar, you know, that we had this really good team. And they were good but not great outdoors. until that year. Yeah. yeah, like 2001 is the one that still, ha- you know, Hate burns my ass. That's the one that really burns my ass. i to remember those two that. posts when, it, when we were down 3-1 forever, too. Oh, man, we should have won that game six at home. Definitely. It should have been over, and it just we couldn't close the deal. And, I, I mean, I know back then we were all saying, fucking, it's all fixed, this is bullshit, the NHL just wanted Bork to get their cup, and this and that. I mean, it just, that was the one that we blew, and we should have had. So, I mean, if you go to 2001, 2012, Brodeur probably should have retired with five cups. Yeah. Yeah. yeah which which is crazy. And, awesome. you know, I think also that 2001 team, I think they kind of took a, 
they took their foot off the gas a little bit. They 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 got cocky. They got a little cocky. Mm. They got a little like, don't worry, it's gonna come around. And and it's like, no, these are the chances. You don't get too many chances. And they were kind of doing that the whole playoff, if you yeah. remember. They were That's kind right. of, uh, you know, they were kind of flirting with uh, fucking disaster throughout the entire playoff, and they yep. kept pulling it out. I mean, I think it's the because old... they were such a good scoring team. They kind of relied a little too much on that compared yeah. to their, you know, '95 version for sure. Yeah. I think I think there's a Hall of Fame GM that's going to 100 percent agree with you, which is why he literally broke up that line and made the moves he made, which ultimately gave us a cup two years later. Yeah, like, you know what I mean. No, but yeah. it was so hard to take at the time that we're like, we're getting rid of who. Yes. Did what and then and they win another cup. I mean, pulled the now, red what strings. do you think out of those three cup winning teams? Which team do you think was the best? I know we talked about like what team was our favorite. I know I said like two thousand yeah. just because of like where we were. I mean, yeah, two thousand where we were and stuff like that. Like uh, I just remember like that portion of my life and where we were when we watched Game Six and all that. So it's a little bit more memorable to me. But which one do you think is the best team that they had? I still think 2000. it's 2000. Yeah, I think I'm going to agree with that. It had the Both most balance. Um, yep. 2003 was a little more of a structure team. 95, we know all about that. I, I'm going to go with 2000 for sure. That's the team, like you, that when I think back on, man, that was that was yeah, the one. That was, I think that was so, too. One. That was a hell of a team. 2003 was really put together, too, though. Uh, was. That was a heck of a team. But, you know, you know, that, you know that, 95 will always have that soft spot because they – they did. I mean, it was them against the world for sure, and they it did was. it. And they, do you, you know. do you think in retrospect? I mean, I'll take a sweep over the Red Wings any day when we weren't even supposed to be able to compete with them, right? But mm-hmm. do you think if that was a back and forth overtime seven game series and we pull it out that maybe there's a little more reverie to it, like that it was harder to win? Maybe for Devils fans or for just in general, because I you're think people kind of discount '95. Not Devils. I think fans. they would have done that to us no matter what. Bob. No matter what. No yeah. matter what. It was. Partially, it's just being from New Jersey. Uh, I mean, to be honest, as dynamic as this team is now, in another city would be getting even more media. Of course. And oh, it's, yeah. it's nice to see us get some, but, you know, the truth is, it's a New Jersey thing. Uh, you know, get New Jersey's national image. And, you know, that's why sometimes people, uh, you know, describe people they meet from New Jersey as having a chip on their shoulder, because they kind of do. Um, yeah. You know, you're in the shadow of the two big local markets, and uh, nationally... Jersey becomes a little bit of a punchline sometimes. So, like, it's the NHL's default is not to market us no matter what. And you've got to, like, force them to do it. I know what you're saying. Like, that would be awesome, an epic series. But how many times have they anointed a team that swept the playoffs as, like, this is the awesomest team ever, guys. you got to go see them. You know, like, they, they, they give other teams their due for just, you know, doing that, just what we did. Well, do you think also 95 hurt us because it was the shortened season? It was locked out. We didn't start playing hockey until January or so, and, and I mean, that's when the I guess we had another lockout. Did you hear Did you hear much about that? I swear I heard a lot more, and I know, like, maybe I've been listening more because it was our team, but I, I really do believe that the, the subsequent lockout, you didn't hear any of that talk. What, what about the, you know, with the COVID, too? We didn't have a full season, I right? That didn't was hear, like, oh, that do. doesn't count. Playing that doesn't in the count. Bubble, I didn't see that. any asterisk on that, you know, I but we heard that. tons of that in 95. And you guys, you guys know after 95, especially from, like, Ranger fans, Flyer fans, uh, like, how could you call so that a cup? It was a bullshit season. I think that was just local that. sour grapes and bullshit, and a little bit of it came out nationally, which was unfortunate. Because yeah. New York has, but that after kind of 2000, influence. nobody can say no, anything. Because I, I, I like the Definitely. other side of this, Chris. What you're saying? Because now, if you turn this, if you flip this around, and Detroit wins handily, like the entire league thought they would have, mm-hmm. that would never come up. 
No. Because right. it was, oh, well, yeah, well, the best team won anyway, not. hands down. Yeah. Of course not. Even though it was a short season. So, yeah, there's definitely something to that. Yeah, that didn't help us at all. That's all. You know, that didn't help. 2000, of course, took that away because it showed that this team is a real team and they are definitely one of the best teams in in the league. And you go to those from 95 to 2008, I mean, it was us and it was Detroit. Right. You know, we were the two And best by 2000, teams. they were objectively a more dynamic scoring team. So the yeah. major complaint, if you want to be fair and listen to the complaint, that the Devils don't score a lot of goals, and I like to see goals. I'm a Joe Hockey fan. I need my goals. 2000, you got your goals. Yeah. So, you know, what's like, I know for a lot of Devils fans, it's like, well, what's your excuse now, Joe Hockey? You know, oh, it's, you know, in the end, when you find naysayers, it's it's probably just because it's New Jersey. Yeah, and that 95 team just really put uh, that it was we were defensive. That was it. That you couldn't we couldn't get away from that. Even in 2000, all that right. misconception was that the Devils were just yeah, a defensive they were team. Just replaying what they said 95. Not even watching the games. Remember right. that? Like we were watching in the playoffs, and they're like, "Here they are employing the trap." I'm like, "This team's trapping less than the other team right now." You're right, and they're outscoring them like crazy. Like, what are you talking about? So many. This teams isn't even 95, but they kept up with that line throughout most of the playoffs and really beyond even 2000 you would hear that from you know mostly ignorant people but um a decent amount of people out there are ignorant you're very right dude i would take a stanley cup with a night playing like they deleted 95 i'll take another 10 cups of that i don't care championship to championship oh, in, yeah, i love the defensive hockey in 2000 the league average for the entire season for goals four was 225 that was league yeah. average devil scored 251 goals that year right i mean that was you know i think they were second the or third offensive that year. teams i thought they were first first was 2001 Okay. Right. Okay. Yeah. But course, you can kind of blend those two years together. Cause yeah. It was literally the same team. It was. 225 game, uh, goals for we we went 45, 24, 8, and 5 for 103 points in 99, 2000. We finished second, and at that time it was the Atlantic Division. And uh, Robbie Futurek was our coach until he wasn't, and then Larry Robinson came in and right. took us to the promised land. And I don't sure think did. it happens unless that change is made. That was uh, such a great move uh, at yeah. the right time. And, you know, I think everybody liked Vitoric, but you just saw they were hitting a wall. It wasn't working. And Larry Robinson just had, like, this magic way about him. I don't know if I've ever seen another coach with quite his way about him. He was he really relatable to the players. He had that respect of, like, this guy can do it all. We knew he was a very talented defenseman uh, and, you know, won a bunch of cups with Montreal and, and was every everything he preached. And... Um, but he still was very cool and calm, you know. Yeah, there was. A, I think that that was one of Lou's ballsiest and best moves that he made. I'll tell Definitely. you why. I can tell you why it's a shocker because I remember still to this day being surprised that the Devils even made it on Sports Center of all things, right? Because they right. never talked hockey, let alone Devils. And uh, I can't remember, the, you know, paraphrasing, of course, but they were like, you know, here's the Devils leading the Eastern Conference with 12 games to go, and they made a coaching change, and it was big news. It was yeah. pretty shocking. Um, it worked out. <laughs> so yeah, it did. what are you going to yeah, do? Got to have balls you, to do that move. Now, I know earlier when we were doing the show, you had a problem with uh, the NHL on the fly opening segment not having anything sure. to do with the Devils. Uh, and I was going to say, I do think that they will be in this year's. I think they're going to have to redo it. And I you're going to have so. to make sure that the Devils are in it. If it's not, yeah, there's a big problem. We scream there. graphic, let alone being a great team. Forget yeah. about that. Exciting, young, energetic team on the rise. But, I mean, the graphic you can play with this, come on. 
Why haven't we done this before? I know. Really well, scary. That, that's the one thing that I find very, uh, I guess, not weird, but just uh, it's something I've, I'm not used to at all. Like, the national media, especially in, like, the Canadian hockey market, they love the Devils. I mean, the fact that they love this team and Jack Hughes and Nico Heischer and the amount of attention that they get, it really is uh, really fun to watch because even back in when we were really good and winning cups, well, nobody, it was, it was never a, a sexy pick to pick the Devils. It was no, always. We had these weird little know, pockets at a few locations. Like, you know who was always big on the Devils? You, you mentioned Canada. It was Montreal. Because their oh, yeah. son, you know, uh, son of Montreal, Bredor, was the guy. So yeah. I remember when we went up there to watch a game. Right, well, that was mm-hmm. a great time, and um, you know that was like uh, you could tell that they had an affinity for the, and they had a lot of respect for what the well, Devils we, were doing. We were, you know, a lot of older gentlemen there in their suits still, right? And we got yeah. a couple of their ears, and they said to us like, "We'd root for the Canadians, then we root for Brodor." Like that's, that's literally right. what they said. So they're like, "You can win this game, we'll be happy because Brodor gets a and win." They, like, and they were yep. extremely gracious uh, to us. At they the were fact that they the they best felt, fans. Like yeah, like yeah. like we had oh, a good you time. Got, you know, you you they they kept saying that you know our, our neighbors from the south came to visit, and they kept saying you know that we were you know yep. we were coming up from Jersey, and they yep. they just totally dug it. They were so nice, such good people. From what I remember, because I do remember being really fucking drunk going into that game. <laughs> sure, because like I remember we. We got into Montreal. We got our hotel, and Bobby, yep. it was me, you, and and uh, Bean in the in the one car. And we went down to the bar, you know, exchanged yep. our money, went to the bar. We didn't fucking leave that bar, and then we had to go meet Dan and and uh, his family for dinner. Yep. Remember his mom? Yep. And I I don't remember that dinner whatsoever. I, I don't remember I the dinner. Fucking hammered by the time we, <laughs> well, we were like to watch yeah we were game. still pretty young and although it was just canada we made sure to try like all the canadian beers and not yeah you can get labats in the states but we were trying to get kind of the local yeah, stuff and uh the fin de Munde, little, little too powerful stuff like that. just to tell yeah. you the, the difference of where our minds were then to now we got to the hotel we went down to the hotel bar and got drunk. We were in one of the most beautiful cities in North America. Yeah. You know, probably the, a city that mostly resembles an old European city in Montreal. Yes. We Let's didn't go even hotel go bar. outside until Which we had to probably looks like any hotel restaurant. bar We went North, to the North fucking America. hotel bar. We walked bar to the restaurant, then we walked Hammer. to the arena. Yes. We saw some sights. It was beautiful. Yeah, but we probably should have, yeah. you know, now I would go out, walk around more, and see some more sites, and maybe have a couple of I drinks wouldn't, I wouldn't change anything. I just added that. I would check yeah. out a few. <laughs> right? Yeah, okay, added we could have done that. Yeah. You know, my family and I went back in the summertime, and that place is great. Everywhere so, you go, there's outdoor drinking, there's a great time, there's yeah, good food. Yeah, it's beautiful. Uh, we went to this, like, poutine place, Vladimir Poutine was the name, which is pretty funny. All the uh, poutines were, poutine? yeah. Uh, all the poutines were named after different uh, despotic rulers across the globe. You know, it was like Kim Jong Un, really, whatever. Yeah, it was kind of funny. And it I'll was have good, the Mussolini weenie, yeah, please. something like that. But they all it was like different versions of poutine. You know, which is, uh, well, being from New Jersey, we have something that's similar, and it's kind of weird because I had some friends from Canada uh, come to visit, and they're like, "This is like poutine," because we took them to a local diner and got. Disco fries, yeah. right? So, so people living in a certain area of Jersey are going to know what I'm talking about. Disco sure. fries are French fries, of course. Anybody who doesn't know, uh, with gravy, yes, you know, like gravy you put on turkey and cheese, and that's <laughs> right. what it is. It is kind of like the younger American, slightly trashier version of poutine, which is basically the same thing: cheese, curds, gravy, 
and potatoes and, and usually in form of french fries. And uh, that was, I mean, I just love going to Montreal. I can't wait to do it again. We should we should look for a game on that I'd schedule. I'd love to do it again, up. too. And i got to say, yeah. too, for, for our age, you know, the drive home the next day. Because this is a one-day trip. This is up, game, drinking oh, yeah, like you six said. hours. It was, a tough, it was a tough kind of drive after. Um, There's something that saved us, though. i just gotta, I got to throw this out. There was a Yankees pretty epic A's baseball game, game yeah. that Yankees we got to listen A's. to on the way home that, that ended, not ended, but had a very, very memorable, maybe top ten ever play by a, a shortstop Jeter. named Derek yep. Jeter. Uh, thank God for that game. Not that it was a boring drive, but, you know, it was a tired, hungover kind yep. of drive, and it took but our attention. But that game was fucking great. Now, Chris, was that a clinching playoff game or just no, a playoff game? I don't think so. I think, it was, uh, I think it was a game to force a game. Uh, I think it was a divisional series, so it was a five game. I think that was mm-hmm. game four to force games five. And Something the, special the, about the baseball Yankees on the radio, won. though. Baseball on the radio was great, yeah. For anyone and wondering... It's the, the Jeter, Jeter flip. Yep. The Jeter flipped the home plate to get Giambi out yep. right against the A's without looking. Uh, just tremendous. And the way they explained it, I mean, I'm not a Yankee fan. We were hopping around in that car because you're so engaged with what was going on. So little well, props a, that, to the Yankees on that one. I haven't done yeah. it in a while, but I've listened to more baseball games than I've actually watched. And yeah. I, I would have the habit of putting them on while I'm working or something else. I like baseball on the radio. Long drives, like you said. I love it. Um, it is, I think baseball it, works on the radio. Hockey's not so bad either. I'll listen to a hockey game so on the radio, when I, especially when if I was have to be driving. Just coming out to PA, you know, doing the long distance relationship thing. I would leave on Sundays around whatever game was on because, and I would enjoy it. It would almost take away from the fact that I was doing a mundane drive. It was Absolutely. more about listening to the game. Right. You know, pulling to my apartment, just want to sit there. <laughs> you know, yeah. just, this is fun. I, I, hockey, I like to, I mean, on TV, it's just so much better. I will listen to radio if I have to. Um, baseball, I like. I'm not a big football guy on, on the radio. I, I just Yeah, I it, find that hard to listen to. I'll yeah, watch a game like of football that. before I listen to it. I, I don't enjoy it. I've, I've tried listening to a few plays on a big game once in a while when I was caught in a car. Yeah. And I just couldn't do it. I just like, yeah, yeah it it's, sucks. It's a I don't like tough. It. It's so, a little tough. Hockey, I would try to plan when I was driving back up to Rhode Island when to leave during the game to maximize the radio frequency because there was no XM and stuff back then, so right. it was just right. FM. You so I couldn't. Go, I didn't want to go too far north, so I yeah. couldn't leave right away. I'd leave somewhere in the first, maybe second period, and that would kill. You know, that drive was four and five, five hours, so that yeah. would kill a good two and a half hours if I timed it right. One of the most epic games I remember, I was probably in the northern end of Jersey by this point, it was when um, Randy McKay and John Madden each got four, four goals. goals right. Yeah, yeah. listen to that in the car. So that was yeah. just... You know what I thought was insane? Time there flies. Were, there were a few years in games where we were playing in Montreal. It's funny you mentioned Montreal. And I couldn't get the New Jersey broadcast clear because for a while they'd bounce it on like weaker stations. You know, Of course okay. they were closer to us. But I would pick up a Montreal station, especially if it was at you know later at night game, and hear the Montreal uh, version of, of that game. Was that in uh, English? No, uh, it was in French too, which oh, was crazy. Well, which you understand? So, so well, a little bit, yeah. a little bit. But and it's like hockey French is different than the little bit of French you learn in school. So, but enough to follow, and it, and you know you hear the, your players' names. Yeah. So it was really fucking cool. I can't say I I want to listen to all my hockey like that, but it was very interesting. I've yeah. never heard that. For, yeah, for any great. of the listeners out there, if you ever want to try the uh, drinking game buzz in both English and French, just talk to Dan because yeah. he definitely <laughs> used us on that one. <laughs> that was fun. So what's yeah, your question, Bob. Bob? You got a question for us? I have, in in anticipation of our draft, mm. Okay, I, I, I thought of something, and I'm willing to bet 
that if I were to poll both of you, and I think if Tony listens, he can come in and give us his honest opinion on this too later. He doesn't have to be on the spot. Pull like how? Like give us a tug? What are you talking about? If you want to tug, ask him. I think he does okay. that. Sure. Reach around. If I were to say to you, you, you could trombone. pick your starting six, all-time devil starting six, from the back end out, Mongolia, two defensemen, left wing, center, right wing. I'm willing to bet that the three of us right now are going to agree on at least five of them. With one mm. position in particular being the position we could slot a few different guys in depending on who you think so is more Five valuable. out of seven? You're talking about six defensemen and one goalie? No. One starting line. The ultimate starting lineup. So your goalie. Two defensemen, three two defensemen, forwards, and a goalie. Oh, oh, and I your see. forwards. Okay, got Now, it. I understand if forwards are a little... Like, there's a lot of forwards listed as a right wing, left wing. So, for the most part, try to put where they naturally play. Okay. And you're taking this person in their absolute best year as a devil ever. So don't worry about ulti- right. like their their entire career. Well, that's interesting. I, so, and I'm yeah. going to tell you what I think the first five are. And you guys can tell me if I'm wrong. But I can give you a minute to decide who you're going to pick. Alright, well, I think we all are picking the same goalie. I don't think that that's even an issue. Shouldn't right? be a question. We're, we're all right. picking Blackwood. Brodor. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Maybe I was on my own with that. No, and of course he's broken. I don't want you to overguess. Hold on. I don't want you to right, say right, everything because right, right. then I can lie and say, yeah, I told you I knew it. I need to say it first. Okay. I, but I if I you're did. not ready, we can move on to something I, else while you're thinking about it. I just need my composition notebook real quick. I don't have right. one. I'm, I'm prepared um, for class. So I have my phone. I have to get one. I should probably have an Uncle Pucker. I think my right phone, now. I'm going to start playing games on it. Yeah, of right. Doing my homework. All right. So I got my defense. Um, now I need my forwards, right? Yep. Specifically center, left wing, right wing. When you can. Yeah. I gotta see what wing this dude played on. I can't remember. And, I mean, wings are pretty interchangeable, but you can get a pass for sure. This is kind of tough, though. Um, I got my centerman. Mm -hmm. And who am I gonna take on my wing? This is my all-time devil team. You got one set of six going out there for the last line in a 3-3 tie in Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Finals with right. a minute left. Like, whatever you want to think about it. Just your ultimate line. All right. I threw one together. Dan, you think you're ready? No. And I, I and this, if I gave this much more thought, I think my wingers, I might move around, but and, I have my I have. And my I can five. see that change, which is why I only said I can probably guess five, because I think we'll be even if I get four, I'll, I'll take that as a pretty good passing grade. Because there are a lot of great players. I don't know what I want to do with wingers at all. I'm so lost. All right, so why not? Not even can, one in particular. I mean, I, I'm probably going to agree with you, but I'm just thinking about favorite wingers. All there's been so many that were clutch. Yeah. This is why I think that we'll reserve the final winger spot for probably what's going to be the debate. I have to look at them all on paper. I have to just I have to right, visualize. So what, what, are you, what are you thinking, Bob? Right away, I thought, obviously, we all go Brodeur. If I had to pick yeah. two defensemen to steady my team, I'm taking Stevens as the captain and Niedermeyer on the other side. Absolutely. I'm with you. Right. Center, got, I'm taking I the best center. Four, I got number 30, number 4, and number 27 already on my team. That, I already wrote them down. So originally when I thought of this, yep, me too. that's where that's I That's kind of where I got frozen after the center, though. Yeah. Center, I think that we're all probably going to pick the best center we've ever seen this team draft, which is our current center, Jack Hughes. That's, right. my, that's my center. How could you not put Patrick Ilias on the left side for the best line you're putting together for the Devils? <laughs> that's my winger. 
Yeah, no, I get you. I, I can't uh, so argue. So far, with that. we're I dead can't on. Argue with that. There's one. Here's other... where we have some differences. I think. Yeah. In my mind, I would think that you two, having watched Devils hockey before me, would probably slot Johnny Mac on the right wing. But there's other good candidates. There's Claude Lemieux. Look, I was thinking Lemieux. There's Billy Garen. I was thinking you guys. Billy Garen's a great call. I didn't even think about Billy. There's Garen. even even. I mean, we're talking prime player as a Devil. I mean. Don't love the guy, but Ilya Kovalchuk as a left wing, right wing. Absolutely. That's how he's listed is a fantastic option. But I think all time devils, I just figured that somebody in this group would put Johnny Mac on there. I didn't have Johnny Mac. I, I didn't, but I, I can understand that. I mean, th- that one year in particular, and really for his whole career with the devils, he was very clutch. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a good I, guy to have. I, ha- I had Kovalchuk. Nice. Mm. So my my line that I'm throwing out there in overtime of Game Seven of Stanley Cup Finals is Hughes, Eliash, and Kovalchuk. Right. See, I probably and, and uh, I was thinking more Lemieux. As uh, much, well, Lemieux would definitely you can't how you can't go wrong with any most no. of these guys. You I'm know? just I was trying to think about the uh, um, the balance. You know, having Lemieux out there with Hughes, I, I like that combo. I like that, you know, you got the nastiness there. You got the, you know, magician, playmaker. I'm just happy because what I thought would transpire did. That's how good those first five are. They are. That that yeah. wasn't even discussed. And a right wing, and isn't it funny about right wing, if you ask any position in sports, which one is kind of like that, eh, we got a line, but we need to throw somebody in there? It's, it's right wing. When you're yeah. a true right winger, yeah. it's fantastic, right? But it's often like we can't get a guy, we're moving a guy into that spot. Yeah. Because and a lot of the best players that come up to the NHL are left-handed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so they usually, you know, uh, the right wing is a little harder to fill. They all want to play the left wing. Right. And then the right wingers, you know, they're coming over, and they're suddenly not the best guy on the team by the time they made the NHL. And somebody's got to play right wing now, you know. So the, when I was thinking of this, it's because I, I started to think about our draft. And I, I don't have it, like, fully in order, you know, like, like Tom Fitzgerald would have in his room. But I'm like, well, I got to at least have like my first five ready because if the other three go off the board, like who am I going to be right. between? And right away, I started thinking like my first, my all-time five Devils, and that mm-hmm. made me project this lineup. And that's a good one. Yeah, it's going to be fun to see what our teams end up coming, you know, looking like. Like, because you know, I, I mean, just throwing out like, how are you going to build? Are you going to build from the the goalie out? Are you building from the forward group back? I mean, there's so many great defensemen that the Devils have had that maybe there will be enough later in the rounds. But at the same time, you know, if you have a pick and it's a first pick or second pick, and Brodeur's on the board, like, how do you let him slide? Like, I've been thinking about this. I know. Like, you know, it's what tough. Do you, and then if whoever doesn't get Brodeur. Who the fuck are you going to see? As soon as Brodor falls, <laughs> Sean Burke? the rest of us start taking goalies because yeah, it's like exactly. there's like two more options. Yeah, it's just, it, that's it. And that's I mean, why, especially with goaltending, I got to know when and what this team is playing. Like, who are they playing? Because no. it really matters. You no. want Sean Burke, I mean, and, be, and guys from the past, they can't play against modern teams today. But like, you're that, gonna, that's different. You're going to get these guys at their prime with the devil so so just right, whoever who are they you play the guys with today's no, no. sticks like I, every I, one of them has a cannon for a shot nobody shoots like danico right. you know i mean so so is is the loser the one of uh, three of us that don't get brodor i mean is that really what it comes down to because there's only going to be one of us that gets them and there, there's going to be know, no losers it's going to be fun but i i'm interested in seeing the psyche of how we're all different in like once you get past like 
obviously your all-star line or whatever it is you're trying to build. Right. Are you literally going to structure a third line that helps you win hockey games? Or are you trying to put together an all-star team? Or do you, you know I mean? I'll, I'll be play, curious to see how we do that. The team that you want to play on the most. Because I want to play with Chico Resch. Right. I want to play with some of the fun guys who've been on this team. Right, Randy McKay. are never going to win you a cup. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Randy won them a cup, but yeah, I know did. exactly what you mean. Like, you know, the most fun guys to, to be with on that team. That's Obviously, I think we're going for the best quality of hockey. Right? Dude, I, I mean, I printed it. Like, I printed this out. I'm looking wow. at it every day. He's got spreadsheets. No, I just need you something doing no to work refer here. to. I'm, I'm looking down, and I'm like, geez, you know, you, the great forward could be, like, four pages down in this tiny yeah. font I could barely read. Like, I mean, Brian Gianta. You don't maybe think of him all that time, but scored 48 goals one year. Yeah, yeah. Where do you put a Brian Gianta if you're building like, your great team? And That's true. It's, it's I mean, just if he's still around, maybe a third line, if you, can, if you can put him. I mean, how great would it be to have him on a fourth line if you right. can build it out that way? Yeah. Uh, but Gianta, so guys, I really liked Gianta when he was – Brian Gianta, rather, when he was on this team. I really liked he him. He led the team, team for a while. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was a hell of a player. Back when days when guys that were five foot seven, five foot eight were not playing in this league or at least mm-hmm. not being effective. He was very effective. The only thing I'm worried about is we all have to – Write down everybody that's been picked as we go, because yeah. we're totally going to otherwise yeah. say like a name that was called, you know, no, five I'll, spots I'll ago. I'll keep track of it all and make sure that nobody uh, repicks people. So yeah, that's it's going to be fun though. So we're going to do that on Thursday night. And then Dan, you had a couple of articles that you wanted to go over. I did. I, you know, I, I saw these articles that came out in the last couple of days, and this one in particular uh, had a title that I think resonates with us here on the show and probably all Devils fans. Oh, yeah, titles doing is, podcasts? Well, kind of. No. It says the dog days of summer hit harder with the newly revitalized Devils. Now, there's nothing earth-shattering in this article, but I think he is kind of saying what we're all feeling, which is, boy, this summer seems longer mm-hmm. than previous summers. And, you know, he's making the explanation, yeah, we got a lot to look forward to. We have a playoff team here. Not like a, maybe we're going to make the playoffs. We have a playoff-bound team. Uh, you know, anything could happen. The wheels could fall off. There are no guarantees in life. But you no, know, our expectations compared to last year have totally changed, and that makes us want to get. I mean, we got three months to go until we're playing, and that seems like it's forever. That long? It did I don't forever. remember feeling this uh, excited. Last year was a close second. Last summer, uh, we were talking last summer about putting the show together, and we were working on that. And uh, you know, we were getting excited, definitely. But uh, this season uh, coming up. It, it's it's like doubled for me. I don't know about you guys. I mean, I'm just looking at it like I can't wait for the season to start. I love this team. I think they got some room to improve still, which leads me to the next article we'll get to talk about. But, you know, the truth is, on paper, this team is amazing. I can't wait to see what they do. Uh, so excited about it. So, yeah, you know, I get it. It just makes waiting that much harder, right? I don't think that I have ever been this I have not anticipated a season as much as I am anticipating this one, and I, I don't. I will even say probably never. Like I am so into what this fucking team is going to look like, and you, like you said, like you know, if, if things don't, the wheels don't fall off or anything. Like this team is so is built so well that it's going to take a lot of bad shit to happen for the wheels to actually fall off, right? I mean, right. like. We're talking uh, back, some serious injuries, you know, two something years crazy. Ago, yeah, two years ago we had a shitty team. And Jack yes. Hughes was the you know the little bright spot in game two against the Kraken, the first game we play against them at home. He goes down with oh, a shoulder yeah. injury. That was it. That was it. Season was over right there. Um, so I think that this year, though, the team that they built, 
that if we did get a, a terrible injury to somebody, let's hope Jack never gets injured again, but to one of those main top six dudes, game two, you could still keep this track train running. Oh, yeah. And Absolutely. it's still going to be a damn good train. Uh, just the car that he built, man, uh, Fitzgerald built, it, it's... I honestly, like, I try and temper my... my um, enthusiasm? Enthusiasm and, and my expectations because there's a piece of me that seriously looks at this team sometimes and I'm like, who the fuck's going to beat them? I know. Like, I understand there are, yes, questions and the goaltending and stuff, but just raw talent. And I you know. look at that top nine and I'm just like, I don't know who in the Eastern Conference can put guys of this caliber out each and every fucking night. And the Devils can. And that the yeah. fact that they're all locked up, I mean, other than Toffoli, and if he has a good year, why not lock him up for a couple of years afterwards? Yeah. Um, yes. It's so, so much exciting. And so much future ahead of them. And, you know, it's 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 great. It's so, it's so exciting. I can't wait. Yeah, I think um, the point you made too, Chris, is you can't remember being having this much anticipation for a season. There's a good reason for that, right? At least you guys started when the Devils had their lean years too. But for a lot of people like myself, from 94 through 2012, 13 even, it wasn't that much anticipation because we knew they were going to be good. We expected right. them to win. We thought they were going to win cups. I mean, even though we hit, we obviously didn't win a cup every year, in the race, it was Flyers-Devils for first and second place every yep. year. Make it to the playoffs, got bounced early a couple times. But you were always expected that you had a Stanley Cup team. And then we got shitty. We got real shitty. So you had no anticipation. So this goes way – this is decades. Yeah. Of not having anything close to this with this much enthusiasm for what can be. And yeah. the thing I like uh, that makes me happy about it, when you look at people like Evie, you know, Dan, like yes. uh, these, these kids. The younger are, generation. You know, anywhere from, you know, 12, 13 years old, even up to like, you know, in their early 20s. that have Or never, younger, like uh, Bobby's kid. Yeah, yeah, that have never seen this team do anything. You right. know, last year we might, it was a lot of times for Evie, it was really the first time she even saw them in the playoffs. Yes. Uh, you know, and you forget that because we did have all those great years when we were all adults and enjoying it and stuff. But this is the thing that's so exciting is this whole new generation of Devil fans, our kids and, and, and stuff like that, that are now going to be able to watch this team and see this team go on to greatness like we did. It's just so, so exciting. And I yeah. really think that the the we were battling everybody for to as far as like, you know, being a Devil fan back then look we were a minority in our own state when it came to being a fan it's not so bad anymore there's still tons of ranger fans still a ton of flyer fans but you know after like i said like our kids and stuff that's a whole new generation that are all devil fans and i think that this state uh the fans of devil fan the devil fans i think are one of the most loyal hockey fans in the world like like we've said a million times like if you're a devil fan other than like other devil fans, everyone else just shits on you. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter. You just doesn't sure. even matter how. And that's and and this is the one thing about this team too that I'm so excited about is that this team is the type of team that can really destroy all those preconceived notions that people have about this team. Yes, that they are a defensive team or they're this or that. No, they're just really fucking good and really skilled, and I we would, actually have legit superstars on there. I would mm-hmm. love to, you know, ten years down the road. To do, say we got like another, you know, two and six or three and seven cups type of things. And then then you can really like look at the debate between which, you know, 10 year group of time was actually the better team. Yeah. I'm not saying we're going to, you know, hopefully we win a couple. I think Chris is right. I mean, the team looks like they got a shot at 
winning a couple, just like how you kind of saw it when Chicago was coming up and you saw it when Pittsburgh was coming up. Nobody knew for sure they were each going to get three cups, but you knew they were doing something special. This feels the same way. So how cool would that be if well, 10 years Bro- from now you were looking at another window saying which window was better? The Brodeur teams, I think that this addition of the Devils, like they've got to win three cups to even be in that conversation, right? Like these yeah. guys have to win, like Jack and Nico, yeah, they got to have pretty three. pretty tall order. <laughs> right, tall but order. they got to have three before you can say that the, the offensive teams were better than the defensive teams. Now, because we have so many guys and grew up with those defensive teams that won the Cups and we have so many guys that we love and we respect and we loved watching, this team is so much more fun to watch. I mean, they're just... Yeah. Then that's why this team is going to be, I think, extremely popular moving forward nationally. That's why you're going to see them playing, like, you know, outdoor games and being featured in primetime game slots and stuff throughout the course of the season because they are just a really fun, exciting team to watch. Uh, I'm on a scale of one to ten, my expectations and anticipation is at a ten. I want to, I, I want hockey season to start now. Yeah, I think I think everybody's feeling it right now, especially it's, you know, there's not a lot to look forward to until we get to the. Uh, preseason uh and that's so far away so you know it is tough and it's it's notable and it's worth pausing and going why is it so much tougher than previous years well it's a good thing it's a good reason Mm -hmm. and it does lead me to the next article because despite you know the fact that it looks like we're so set and that's what's making it exciting there are a few questions left so this next article uh this was this was from uh let's see yard barker I don't know. They have a yeah. New Jersey Devil News. You got them? Yeah, uh, yeah I, I actually had an before. article about them uh, that I was actually from them, and I was going to bring up today. But it, but go ahead, you go first. It's uh, James Nichols. I don't know if he's the guy who wrote yours, but this guy uh, he's talking about three remaining remaining questions. Uh, he started off by saying, you know, the last uh, interview he had, he, Fitzgerald said to the media that they, you know, they could put their phones down for the summer. Basically, that he's done. You know, and so with that, like, what are the questions here, uh, and what do, do we expect to get done at some point this season going forward? First one he mentions Kevin Ball's contract, right? I think yes. one of us brought it up a few shows ago. Like, okay, hopefully that gets locked up soon, because uh, you know, because he's basically was like a rookie last year. Um, I think people, Devils fans, are like not really too concerned about it, but it is concerning. Let's get this done. He has such a huge upside. And uh, I would I would love to you know get this contract done. Uh, wonder, so that's something that might happen. I wonder why though? Why hasn't it been done? Yeah, it can't be what a big raise. With that? Yeah, I mean yeah. even an agent isn't going to ask for that much more. You got to be realistic, right? Yeah. Couple hundred grand. Well, this goes on to say that Ball has uh, had until 5 p.m. on sun- on Saturday to accept a qualifying offer that was extended to him earlier this summer. But the deadline came and went, so we're talking about the previous Saturday. Okay. Ball, he's still not under contract. Um, he owns no arbitration rights, so it's really up to him, his agent, Fitzgerald, to come to some kind of agreement on a fair number. Or it would uh, be a holdout situation. Yeah, right? that's what I was just going to ask. So if he doesn't sign, he's just holding out, and then he doesn't get paid at all. That just It's, yeah, it's hard to believe that's going to happen, right? Right. It's evident, it says here, that Ball can't feels he's worth more than the 787.5. Uh, so, you know, they offered him three-quarters of a mil, uh, which is, you know, let's face it, fairly low for his upside potential so he's trying to squeeze what he can out of this i think people understand that um 
But, you know, there's Give time the guy to... Give a million dollars. Yeah, and I think, you know, Fitzgerald's going to find a way to make this work uh, without, you know... I think the, the problem, too, with doing deals quick is that you just set up that you're just an easy mark. Because if a player's being a holdout, that's something you have to address and, and, and make it, at the very least, get an appearance of meeting in the middle. You don't want to just give away yeah, right. everything all the time. Because um, you know, there labor really relations is, stuff. There really is nothing worse than having a player sign a bad contract. And then a couple you're of, right. you know, if you yeah. look at... I mean, you want I the always, cheapest possible contract. You get what you want. You might regret it as a GM, right? Yeah, exactly. I always go back to the Vikings with stuff. So a couple of years ago, they signed Daniil Hunter, who's one of the best edge rushers in the NFL, to a contract. And they offered him the contract. He accepted the contract. But the contract is ridiculously low. It was a bad contract for him and his agent to sign. He should have fired his agent right off the bat. But now you have guys that are playing at his caliber that are making $20 million a year plus at the top end. This dude is due $5.2 million this year, and well, he's going to hold out. And so that, he's he, saying, But yeah, at the yeah. same time, I kind of feel like, you know, you, you signed the contract, dude. You signed it. Like, I don't want to see Ball in that position where he I signs know. a three- or four-year deal, and then two years later this dude is playing a top ten defenseman in the league and he's like I'm not even making a million dollars. I think you hit the sticking point. I was coming from the angle and I thought maybe you guys were too from a one year standpoint. You're getting 750 you go up to 850 or something 100 grand raise, you're good to go but he might be saying, no I don't just want that, just give me me term and the term might not be over a million, the term might be you know, first year at 875 one year at one, like who knows, maybe that's a sticking point, he just wants to stick around so maybe it's not a negative. Maybe he wants to stick around. But I, this just seems to me like this is comparables. This is an easy one to add a little bit of money to and get him on the books. Yeah, right. And I think, you know, that size defense not, not easy to come by. I think I think we're going to want to hold on to him. Yeah, we're not yeah. over the cap. Lock him up. Yeah, yeah, I hope it doesn't up. get contentious. I like ball. and uh, But, you know, so, yeah, hopefully that gets done soon. What, what so else is it? The second thing he brings up here is the goaltending question. We've talked about, uh, you know, quite a bit. Um, are they going to deploy, as he puts it, Vitek, Vanacek, and Akira Schmidt in net? So, you know, are there any more goaltender moves left? Maybe not in the offseason, but maybe coming up to the uh, trade deadline at some point. Basically, going over what we've talked about quite a bit. Um, there are other guys out there. Would Fitzgerald bite on four more years of John Gibson? You know, uh, you know that's... A question that you know we were talking about Gibson. Does he come to the team? Um, even though the de- Devil's been con- connected to Connor Hellebuck, Hellebuck. There's a, a few others. Uh, so in addition to Gibson, what about Ulmark or Swayman? Is it possible that we could make a run at uh, uh, Vegas's uh, Logan Thompson if he becomes available? Right. So there's other guys out there that you know if you were going to consider about another goalie, I think you know. I don't want to speak for all of us here, but there was kind of a consensus last time we talked about this where unless it's like hella bug, I don't know. And unless we don't have to give up Schmid in particular, we don't really want to bite on the goaltender right now. I'm okay with that too. Um, but it, it is a question like that's going to be answered one way or the other, right? Are we riding these guys or not? And the potential is there before the season starts that, you know, we, we might get an answer. Uh, so, you know, that was his second one. And then the third one I didn't really see coming, um, which is, you know, something that I guess we did touch on a little bit. But what about Dawson Mercer? Are we going to extend him early? 
you know, are we learning from the whole Jesper Bratt situation? We know we love this kid. We know the organization loves this kid. That they, you know, went through, jumped through hoops to try to get Timo Meyer without giving him up. And we see that, you know, that the organization does want to keep him. Will they, like, pull the trigger on locking him up a year early instead of letting his whole contract ride out in 24 and then dealing with, you know, what, what the Dawson Mercer sweepstakes uh, following? So that's a good question. Like, you know, and that could happen at any time, maybe before the season, maybe during the season. Uh, it would be nice to see him locked I, up. I don't know if we can expect that. What do you guys think? Well, I think if Fitzgerald is smart, which we know he is, um, he would do it sooner rather than later. I just think that that price point on Dawson Mercer is going to go up substantially after every every time that this kid sets his foot on the ice, he's you know doing wonderful things. I expect him to actually have a career year this year, which I don't know if that's necessarily what. And I'm just going to speak from Fitzgerald's point of view. I don't know if Mercer is thinking about testing free agency next year or something like that. And if he is, it's his right. He can do it. But I think as far as this team, he's a huge part of it. He's, his upside is, I don't even know how high his ceiling is. Like This dude has all the talent in the world, all the yeah. skill in the world, all the smarts in the world. growing into a, a wily veteran at some point, too. Like yes. I, want him for, I want him for his career. Yeah. I really yeah. do. He's I such a hard love, worker. I would have no problem with Mercer getting locked up to an eight-year deal right now. I'd have no problem with that. And I, I think for those reasons, it would behoove Fitzgerald to actually do it sooner rather than later. Because if you could maybe get him to agree on a four million dollar a year deal or something first of all you don't have to worry about the salary cap this year he's still under contract under his regular deal this year so right. you know you you deal with it next year but if you can lock him up for four and a half million um which might even be underpaying this dude for uh you know a, a, a nice chunk of change even if it's five years four years whatever lock him up for some term for something that you guys can agree on because if he goes out and he does you know has 35 goals this year and does great in the playoffs for this team you know maybe he can go out and get six seven million dollars somewhere else so i think that's undoubted i I think he could do that if he was free agent right now he might be getting that money from someone yeah that's what i'm thinking this might this might be the year that's a good time for fitzgerald to do he wanted to get through last Mm -hmm. year get into this season because the salary cap is going to go up we'll have a better idea of how well it's going to go up they won't know exactly but they can tell as the season progresses. Sure. I mean, I if they if they have that in, if they're already seeing that like out the dashboard. Like even if you came at Mercer with like a six and six, or five and a half for eight, like whatever. Yeah. Like, would you pay Mercer six million dollars a year for six years? I certainly would. You know, he scored thirty goals last year. Absolutely. It's only going to get better. So yeah, it, now is the time because you know what unfortunately does happen to all the great teams. They have so many great players. Eventually, you got to part with a couple of them that you really want to keep. Because now they all want to go make their eight and nine million dollars, you know, like like Tampa and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, we're so seeing it with the Lightning now. You're you got to right. lock up a bunch of guys mm-hmm. when you're a little bit younger. I mean, you're talking about a kid who's making seven hundred fifty thousand. You're saying here's a thirty six million dollar contract. Right. That's a pretty big offer. You know what yeah. I mean? And, so, and, and if you and, and you have to look at Mercer as a, a, a core a core member. I mean, he is. He this is dude core. has done. I mean, everywhere that he's been on this line, you know, first line, second line, third line, doesn't matter. He produces, and he's one of the best skaters out there. And he, you could just tell Dawson Mercer every year is going to just get better and better. He has the potential to be a legit superstar in this league. And, yeah, I think he, it would definitely make more sense to lock him up now. He's going um, mm-hmm. to be that kid where when all the smoke clears from everywhere we're going with this, that – 
but remember Mercer hit the steal of the draft, like what this kid became, you know what I yeah. mean? Because right. I don't remember his draft order, but I know it's certainly we weren't predicting to have the Mercer that we had. Um, and he could be that guy when they're talking about the Jack Hughes and Nico Heischer and Hamilton and you know Luke Hughes where they say, yeah, but Mercer. Like, yeah. that could, he, he, look how they found Mercer. Yeah. I have to say, he's legitimately, he is my favorite devil. He is is my favorite. It was Michael McLeod, but it's not anymore. But now it's Dawson Mercer. And when I I look at him, too, I can see how he's going to just get uh, smarter and wiser and just be such a hard – he's just a hockey guy. At such a young age, he's going to be that that veteran player who you can count on, you know, like your Neuendijks, your Sackicks. Like he's he's that kind of guy. I remember listening to him in an interview. It was a po- uh, inter- intermission interview. Uh, he did his rookie year, and he talked for two or three minutes. Maybe it was a post-game interview because it was a little bit longer. Yeah, it was a post-game interview. He was talking for like three, four minutes, and I just remember listening to this dude going, how old is this guy? I know. The brain, yes. the yes. hockey He's mind. He's a thinker. He is. Yes. And I, I said to myself, he's going to be – if." if this hockey thing doesn't work out for this guy. He'd make a hell of a coach, or at least be in the broadcast room or something. Yeah. He's very, very smart, and the hockey thing seems to work out. So, oh yeah, yeah. So, um, anything else tonight, boys? I think that's good for tonight. There, yeah, exactly. Right, that was fun. homework to um, do. Yeah. So Thursday we'll get together. Um, we will do our draft. We'll have Tony back. Um, check us out wherever you guys get your podcast from: uh, Spotify, Amazon. Apple Music, give us five stars, like us, subscribe, tell a friend, anything you can to help us build this community of like-minded Devil fans where we just want to see this team win a Stanley Cup number four before the Rangers do. Um, We are the Uncle Puckers uh, for Tony in Warsaw. I'm Chris with Dan Martin, Bobby, Pennsylvania, and we will see you when we see you. Puck is out later. Any uh, ideas?